Welcome to HeartCast, a podcast of Hospice of the Red River Valley. I'm your host, Dave Nillis. Today we're joined by Christy Osland. Christy is a volunteer coordinator with Hospice of the Red River Valley. Christy, what are some of the volunteer roles with Hospice of the Red River Valley? We have a ton of volunteer roles that people can choose to volunteer from. The biggest role that we have is the companionship role. So that's your typical friendly visitor. This person would be matched with a patient of ours based on similar interests or location and popping by once a week, maybe twice a month, just for a half hour, an hour to say hello and develop a friendship for the duration of that patient's stay with us. We also have a program called We Honor Veterans, and that allows for military veterans in the community to pair with a military veteran patient and really enjoy the camaraderie and experiences that only really they can relate to um, as opposed to non-military veterans. That's a really important project that we're working on making bigger and uh, getting more community members involved in that one. We have our Pathway program. Uh, That program is really special in that those volunteers are specially trained to work with patients who are actively dying. So this is in the last 24 to 48 hours of life, and they do such great work making sure that that person's journey comes to an end with peace and dignity and knowing that somebody is there for them. That's a really, really special program. We have volunteer sewers. So all the people in the community who volunteer for us and do sewing, they make celebration bears. So after a patient has passed away, the loved one, the family or friend of the patient that we had can go ahead and bring in clothing or maybe material that reminds the person of the patient and our sewers will make them into these incredible teddy bears and you can get two teddy bears and they are beautiful and a lot of our sewers will take time to personalize them with bow ties or pearl earrings and things like that. The reactions we get from family members when they see those celebration bears is overwhelming. They are oftentimes so tearful and thankful and it brings a bit of closure. So those volunteers are highly, highly valued. We also have courier services. So we service a huge part of Minnesota and North Dakota and getting supplies or medications from one end of our service area to the other can oftentimes be challenging. And our volunteers who do courier services step up and jump in and help us transport a lot of those things. So I would say those are the biggest volunteer roles that we have. What makes a good patient companion volunteer and what requirements are involved? So the requirements piece is that we do want our volunteers to be at least 18 years old and have either a high school diploma or a GED, a clean background check. So we will run a state and federal background check on all of our volunteers uh, just to make sure people of good character are working with our patients and their families. You are also required to do about two hours of initial training uh, with volunteer coordinator, and that is just to learn best practice. You know, what are our policies? How can we follow them? What is the best route for handling some situations that you might encounter and how to develop those relationships? Relationship building is the biggest piece that we do focus on, including infection control and HIPAA. We also like to have a good personality for our volunteers, and that doesn't necessarily mean one type of personality. We have volunteers who are 
very calming and quiet and really provide a strong presence. We have some volunteers who are extroverts and wonderful companions to visit with for hours on end. We have volunteers from all walks of life. We have homemakers, we have retired business professionals, we have truck drivers. So anybody could be a volunteer as long as you follow the requirements. We would like to chat with anybody who would like to learn more about volunteering. I've heard from some of the volunteers that I've talked with that simply being present is a big part of this. So it's not a lot, you don't need to go in there with a lot of pressure visiting a patient even for the first time. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Being present for the patient or even just being a good listener probably Mm -hmm. plays into that? So I can't imagine what it's like to be told that I have a terminal illness. But when I think about it, I think that sometimes a person would just want to know somebody is near should I want to talk about something and those volunteers who provide just you know a strong presence a calming presence provide so much more than they're aware of patients and their families are so grateful just to have somebody next to the person who is available to hold a hand and oftentimes just knowing that you're not alone is enough and you don't necessarily have to say anything it's just being there that's that really makes the difference for a patient and i think a lot of volunteers think that volunteering is actively doing something and not passively doing something but passive is so much more important sometimes than being active christy covid19 has impacted all of us in some form or another how has covid19 impacted your volunteers COVID-19 kind of threw us for a loop for a while. Volunteering in itself is typically thought to be in person, hand in hand, doing things. And we've had to take a step back. Our volunteer services were on hold for about six weeks until we could regroup and really figure out a way where we could best serve our patients and best serve our families. Once we were able to regroup and kind of get an idea on how to handle COVID, we put together an amazing program for everybody. We have a phone program that we started doing where volunteers are now making the phone calls to patients, letter writing. Our sewers have never been busier than they are right now. We have implemented more sewing projects in addition to Celebration Bears. Our volunteer retention and engagement opportunities have skyrocketed. I feel so close to my volunteers. I feel like I know them on a much more personal level. We have started book clubs and newsletters and so much more has come out of COVID than we ever anticipated. COVID was not great for a lot of people, but it did provide us an opportunity to think outside the box and how can we can step our game up. And I think that we rose to the challenge and we did a really good job. Is there a particular volunteer experience or maybe maybe even a volunteer, an individual that really sums up best the role that they play with hospice in the River Valley? We have so many amazing volunteers that I could talk for hours about and the difference that they make every single day in patients' lives. Recently, our volunteer Grace Matson over in Detroit Lakes, she won the 2020 Volunteer of the Year Award through the Minnesota Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, which was a huge, huge honor to be able to tell Grace that she won. Grace is very humble and she 
did feel that she deserved the award, but when you win a statewide award, that really speaks for itself. Grace, she shines every single day in such a quiet way. She's so patient-focused, and she visits so many patients. She provides so many services. She's a veteran of the U.S. Navy. Grace really exemplifies what an outstanding volunteer would be. And not just necessarily what a hospice volunteer is, but a volunteer in any capacity. Grace, she comes to work because she considers her volunteer position her job. She comes ready every day, ready to do good things. She wants to make a difference. She has been known to volunteer eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, for the last 10 years. She sees patients at Ecumen Nursing Home in Detroit Lakes. People ask for her by name. She is well known in our community, in the elder care community. She has an amazing backstory, and if you ever have a chance to visit with her about it, please do so. She's an incredibly interesting person who has lived through some amazing times. Grace never says no. She wants to help as many as she can while she's able to do so. Her reason why, her reason for volunteering is incredibly touching. And I think that she's an inspiration to so many, even though I don't know if she knows that. You talked a little bit about some of the new areas of focus and new opportunities for volunteers. Can you talk a little bit more about some of those projects? What are some upcoming things? And what are, what are some of your greatest needs right now? Sure. So we have uh, a whole bunch of upcoming projects that we're actively working on, one of which is called Positive Connections, and that's positive starting with P-A-W-S. That Positive Connections program is going to have volunteers focus on the animal role. We have patients who have their best friend as their dog or their cat, and they can't care for that animal like they used to be able to because of the decline in their health. So through Positive Connections, a volunteer would be matched with an animal and walk the dog, socialize the cat, do some basic grooming, helping to feed the animal, things like that, to allow for that animal to stay in the home with its owner for as long as possible. I think that's going to make a lot of people happier knowing that their animal isn't uncared for, not cared for how they would like to have that happen. Uh, We have the We Honor Vets program that we are always trying to build up. Recruiting community military veterans has been a challenge, but it's allowed for us to make some connections and really talk about the program in a variety of settings. That allows for us to match a community military veteran up with our patients who served in the military. All branches, we still have World War II veterans that we serve here on hospice. And the stories you hear from patients about the things that they've done, the things that they've seen, are unlike any other. I think that they are walking history. And to be able to connect them with a veteran from the community who may have experienced a, you know, a different conflict or a different war they can really learn from one another. I know some of the stories I've heard I can't relate to, but they're life-changing. It's historical. Another program that we are building up would be the Bereavement Volunteer Program. Now that program, we are working on getting volunteers 
um, helping our bereavement social workers, making phone calls, making relationships with the spouse or the family member left behind after that patient's death. We also have a phone call program where when we can't see patients in person, we can speak with them on the phone and still make those connections and still let them know that somebody is out there thinking about them, praying for them, and just hoping one day they can meet in person. We need volunteers for all of those programs. Um, geographically speaking, we need volunteers in a lot of our communities that we either don't have any volunteers or we have very few. So on the Minnesota side, that would be like Thief River Falls, Minnesota, Argyle up in Roseau, Fergus Falls, Park Rapids, the Monaga area. And then over in the North Dakota side, we could always use volunteers in the Ellendale, North Dakota, Ashley region, up in Devil's Lake would be huge, Pembina. Those communities are currently underserved with volunteers, but we are we're working on getting some on board. What are some of the benefits to volunteering? Benefits from volunteering would be knowing that you make a difference. You are truly impacting the patient and their family members, knowing that somebody is with this person on the final leg of their journey. Uh, the family is always so appreciative of that. I hear oftentimes from volunteers that they just feel good after a visit and they really can't explain it, but they just feel good. They know that an act of kindness was done. A lot of our volunteers learn things from our patients. Like I said before, our patients are oftentimes walking history and we learn so much from them that you know you could read in a history book, but hearing it from a firsthand experience is something entirely different. I think a lot of our volunteers who don't see patients directly also benefit from knowing that they're part of something bigger, knowing that whatever it is that they're doing is helping an organization that serves so many patients every year uh, and is, is truly life-changing. How has working with hospice patients and volunteers impacted you personally? So I never really had a big loss of anybody, so I can't speak to grief. However, my background as a nurse allowed me to work with people in a professional setting when their loved one has died or was dying. And switching from a clinical role to a hands-off role, more of a support services role, has allowed me to take a step back and see how all of the pieces come together. And that volunteer piece is so important. It's so important to maintain socialization and friendship and to see how people in two entirely different generations are still able to connect and enjoy the company of one another. And when I hear from patients, family members, that they couldn't have done it without their volunteer and that they continue to think about and tell stories about the time the volunteer came out and so-and-so happened and how that leaves a lasting good memory in somebody's heart is just unexplainable. To know that even from a, a non-clinical standpoint that you've kind of made a difference, which has been nice. Christy, is there anything else you'd like to add? I would love to talk to anybody about volunteering. Uh, so if you're interested in exploring some volunteering opportunities, please feel free to give me a call. I'd like to hear from anybody. Thank you for listening to HeartCast. For past episodes and more information about Hospice of the Red River Valley, 
visit hrrv.org.